How can Standard & Poor's help you? Well, we don't understand why the ratings agencies haven't downgraded subprime bonds since mm. the underlying loans are clearly deteriorating. Well, the delinquency rates do have people worried, but they're actually within our models. So, says you. You're convinced <laughs> the underlying mortgages in these bonds are solid loans? That is our opinion, I'll yes. crack the tape. Have you looked at the loan level data? What do you think I we mean, do you're here all day? You're giving these loans day. to anybody with a, with a credit score Excuse and a pulse. Excuse me, sir. What do you think we do here all day? I'm not sure. That's why we're here. Here's what I don't understand. We check, we recheck. If these we mortgage bonds are so stable, if they are so Perhaps solid... You can check your friend, hmm? Have you ever refused <laughs> to rate... That's delusional. That. Georgia, we stand behind have that. you ever refused to rate any of these bonds upper tranches AAA? Can we see the paperwork on those things? Oh, deals? I'm under no obligation to share that information with you. Just whoever answer you might the be. question, Georgia. Can you name one time in the past year where you checked the tape and you didn't give the banks the AAA percentage they wanted? If we don't give them the ratings, they'll go to Moody's, right down the block. If we don't work with them, they will go to our competitors. Not our fault, simply the way the world works. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I open up with that clip from The Big Short. You know, uh, well, while many of you on the face face of things don't want to know about how how tranches of loans are uh, are rated and uh, sold in uh, sold to banks and financial institutions back in the subprime days, you know what? The part of that thing where it says, "Wait, you're just rating them AAA. Do you do you ever not rate them AAA?" Well, you know, if we don't, they're going to go right down the street to our competitors. It's not its not our fault. It's just the way the world works. This is how the world works, folks. Follow the money. Look at how the world works. Keep your eyes open, your brain clicked on, and pay attention to what's going on because there's a lot of, there's a lot of ugly stuff going on in this country. Uh, that song was the Roadhouse Blues from the Doors. Keep your eyes on the road, your hands upon the wheel. Uh, for a couple of reasons, uh, you know, just what I just said, keep your eyes open and, uh, keep in control of, uh, of your brain. Don't let, don't let social media or the, or the news or CNN or the communist news network or, uh, PMS NBC, uh, influence your thinking. Listen, look, see, experience, and you decide. You decide what's going on. The other reason I use the Roadhouse Blues is because well, Don and I just got back from Montana. And, you know, we went to this place called Sir Duke's, the Oasis Steakhouse in Manhattan, Montana, which is about uh, seven miles from our house up there and uh, with the most awesome cowboy steaks up there. And, uh, of course, they also serve uh, some uh, some adult beverages. And uh, my wife was, uh, was, after a few adult beverages, uh, saying, hey, Keep your eyes on the road and your hands on the wheel. 
as we're driving back. I was perfect. I was perfectly, perfectly right on in the in my lane and perfectly under control. But uh, you know, I just so I said, Siri, play Roadhouse Blues. So uh, got her in a good mood, and we were dancing in the dancing in our seats and uh, getting ready to uh, you know have a finish the night happily. So all good. So anyway, uh, I'm gonna talk about everything that's going on in this country, or not everything. I won't have time for everything because I have a special guest in the second half. Um, but the uh, but I'm gonna try and give you some uh, some clarity on things that are going on and my opinion of it. And uh, but first, for those of you who don't know me, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman from Planet Home Lending. If you're interested in getting involved in the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk talk about uh, financial stuff, but you don't want to talk on the phone, uh, go to edhoffman.net, click on the Planet Home Lending logo, and that'll take you to my lending page. Put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from my, myself or one of my talented teammates, and we will help you find the missing pieces to your financial puzzle and uh, help you, whether that's uh, refinancing a house you own or purchasing a house that you'd like to own, uh, in whether it's in California, Arizona, Nevada, uh, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Montana, Idaho, Washington, or Oregon, call me. I'm your man. So uh, if there's any part of the show you want repeated, stay on edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page to listen on demand anytime. You can always uh, hear the show on the radio. If you can't, if you can't always hear it, hear it on the radio, there's a, that's the easiest way you want to hear it. Uh, you can also subscribe on, uh, on uh, Apple Podcast and actually have it download once a, once a week as we upload it. It'll download to your device. Uh, be sure to connect with the show on social media. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman. Uh, follow the Facebook uh, main event Ed Hoffman. So it's uh, facebook.com slash the main event Ed Hoffman. Everywhere else, I'm Big Ed Hoffman. And if you want to leave a comment on the show, email me to ed at edhoffman.net. Don't forget about Experience Matters. Here's mine, my first book available now also on edhoffman.net. Uh, this is my way of sharing experiences with you, the main event audience, with stories of, uh, from my life and uh, the lessons from them. Uh, many that I've never talked about on the show. It's getting uh, great reviews from those that have bought it and uh, some big names like uh, that you know, like Dennis Prager, who even said, bribe your college-age kids to read it. It's that important. Experience matters. Here's mine. Get it now on edhoffman.net. Also, I'll remind you that we're doing a, if you want to get the show, if you'd like to get the book and get it actually signed, um, I'll be at an event uh, at the Gas Lamp in Long Beach uh, Sunday, November 7th. Uh, it's, and it's, uh, uh, featuring the, the guest speaker, uh, this one will be, uh, Katie Hopkins and, uh, to get Katie Hopkins, uh, front who's been on our show many times. And I guarantee you, if you enjoy the main event, you'll absolutely love this show. Um, Katie is awesome. So, uh, if you want to get tickets, go to www.malacomedy, make America laugh again, comedy.com. So M A L A comedy.com. Uh, okay, so let's get into what's going on. Uh, you know what? Um, there's so much evidence of the breakdown of American life, people filming crimes instead of stepping stepping in to stop them. This week we heard about a woman who was raped on a Philadelphia area train in front of other passengers, and those passengers pulled out their phones to film it instead of calling the police. There was, there was a, 
it was went on for a long time and several stops. So they're on a train uh, similar to a to riding the subway, a commuter train where everybody gets on and gets off, and nobody did anything. The un- unidentified woman was sitting sitting alone when Fiston, I'm going to say Noy N G O Y, sat next to her. Noy is a citizen of the Republic of Congo in Africa. He reportedly was here legally at one point, but his student visa expired six years ago in 2015. Uh, But since we don't care about people uh, obeying the law, he's still here. At around 9.20 p.m., Noy began to touch touch her and prompting her to, to continuously push him away. According to an officer who viewed the surveillance footage, the victim was obviously struggling, struggling, trying to keep him off of her. And about after about 30 minutes, Noy was seen removing the woman's pants and lowering his, while everybody just looked on. Where are all the men in this country? Why didn't somebody say, hey, leave her alone? Why didn't somebody step in? He was then seen thrusting her groin area for six minutes, police, police said, until Southeastern Police Transit Authority police officer entered the train and pulled him off the woman while he was actively raping the victim. According to the complaint, apparently one of those passengers eventually bothered to call. It was actually one of the... So the passengers are watching and eventually, eventually one of the Transit Authority, uh, transit authority uh, employees called the police and, uh, and, the, and the cops entered the train and stopped it because there was nobody man enough to step in and... and uh, and rest and stop it. Noy is charged with rape, aggravated indecent assault, and other counts in connection with the October 13 incident. The SEPTA's police are speaking out about this. Here's the chief, Thomas Nestel. People were holding their phone up in the direction of um, this woman being attacked. What we want everyone to be is angry, disgusted, and join us in being resolute to continue to make the system safe. When they see inappropriate behavior, behavior that you wouldn't want your 10-year-old to see, call 911, call the police. Hey, you know what? Not just stuff that you don't want your 10-year-old to see. How about things that, How about things to say, imagine that was your wife or your daughter or your sister or uh, or anyone you know. Would you want the men to step in and do something about it? Would you want the men to step in and help her out if you can't be with your wife uh, when she has to go traveling somewhere, going to the grocery store, or uh, you know, going to the going to anywhere that 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 uh, your wife might go during the day or the evening while she's not with you? Would you want somebody to step in? When is it going to be enough that people stop pulling out their phones and filming it for the? For the, uh, for the, wow, let's see how many likes I could get. Step in and do something. This country, this country's in for a lot of pain. You know, as, uh, as Tony Robbins, as Tony Robbins always says, you know, people will, don't, will, will make changes due to the pain faster than they will due to the pleasure. So, you know, the, 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 if the, the pain of something going on, of being overweight or being when the pain of being overweight is stronger than the pleasure of eating a donut, you'll stop eating donuts. When the pain of everything the the Democrats are doing in this country starts to be become obvious in your life, that's when people will start standing up. I'm there already. There's a revolution coming in this country, but it, apparently there's not enough of us that are that are feeling the pain yet. And, uh, and I'm doing just fine. 
but I, I feel the pain for what I see. So let's talk about uh, what's what's going on in the, with the Biden administration and the, and the crap they're trying to pull off on, on our country. This week, we learned that Joe Biden administration has been secretly flying underage migrants uh, in the dead of night in an effort to quietly resettle them across the, the region. And, uh, and I say uh, underage, underage migrants with a grain of salt. Uh, here's from the New York Post. The charter flights originate in Texas, where the ongoing border crisis has overwhelmed local immigration offices and have been underway since at least August. Last week, the Post saw two planes land in Westchester County Airport uh, in suburban New York, where most of the passengers who got off uh, appeared to be children and teens and a small amount of portion uh, men in their 20s. Uh, from the videos I saw, they looked mostly late teens and 20s. Westchester County cops stood as stood by as the passengers got off and piled into buses. Some of them were later seen meeting up with relatives or sponsors in New Jersey or being dropped off at a residential facility on Long Island. Online, online flight tracking data suggests that about 2,000 of the underage migrants migrants of supposed underage uh, have arrived at the airport outside White Plains, New York, on uh, 21 flights since August 8th. Records show some of the planes touched down between midnight and 6.30 a.m. with two arriving from Houston at 2.13 a.m. and 4.29 a.m. on August 20th. An airport source familiar with the operation said underage migrants typically arrive carrying backpacks and are bused to locations including the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, upstate Newburgh, and the cities of Bridgeport and Danbury in Connecticut. Um, it's funny. Why don't they? none of them are going to Delaware or Washington, D.C.? Eh, I don't know. That's just something I just thought of while I'm reading this. Additional charter plane flights from Houston have also dropped off migrants in Jacksonville, Florida, where they were reportedly bused to a secret location uh, 130 miles away. Hey, uh, Ron DeSantis, does he know about that? Uh, I bet you he's not going to put up with that. Here's Miranda Devine, who broke the story for the New York Post. We've really been stonewalled. Uh, no one wants to talk. All that uh, we, we referred to the Health and Human Services, and all they will say, all the White House will say, is that they have an obligation to look after unaccompanied children, and that's what they're doing. But they don't explain why they're doing it in the dead of night. Why is this such a secret operation? Why is no one talking about it? Well, imagine, imagine who would, uh, who, who. Who would be asking these questions besides Peter Ducey if they would actually uh, have these people dropped off when people are awake? I don't know. It just seems common. To, hey, you know what? You know why do you uh, why do you burglarize empty houses at night? Because uh, the neighbors are asleep and uh, no one's there to to uh, to notice. In Monday's press briefing, Peter Ducey asked Circleback Saki about this. And uh, like she does every day, she responded as if the question was ridiculous. Why is the administration flying thousands of migrants from the border to Florida and New York in the middle of the night? Uh, well, I'm not sure that it's in the middle of the night, but let me tell you what's happening here. Um, it is our 429 a.m. Well, he, very he, early in the morning. Here we are talking dawn. about early flights earlier than you might like to take a flight. In recent weeks, uh, unaccompanied children pass through the Westchester Airport, which I think is what you're referring to, and route to their final destination to be unified with their parents or vetted sponsor. Yeah, it, may, it might be earlier than what you'd like to take a flight. I think uh, I've been to the airport on some uh, late flights. We flew to uh, Australia a few years ago for a cruise, and uh, we took off at 1045, but we, that's so we could arrive at like 7 in the morning in Australia. Um, 
but I've noticed at late flights that there aren't very many late flights that, that come in and go out. That's why there's just not many, many of those flights. So, uh, because people don't want to fly there, but maybe you don't want to fly there. Maybe nobody wants to fly during that time. I don't know. It's just amazing to me. So, uh, they talk about, Hey, they're meeting up, they're meeting up with sponsors. And I wonder who are these sponsors? Sponsors. They're, they're, they're being bussed over to meet up with family members or sponsors, sponsors. Don't you think has, has nobody but me thought about this? Sponsors. So you say there's organizations or people that say, Hey, I'll sponsor these migrants because I believe that these migrants should have the, have the, uh, uh, the right to, to get out of their, 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 uh, politically torn or, uh, countries. They should be, uh, they're refugees. They're just wanting a better life. I'll sponsor them. Or our, our organization, our church, or our nonprofit will sponsor them. Has, has anybody thought about this? That maybe there's, maybe there's terrorist groups in this country? No underground terrorist groups that are, that are uh, going to get their, uh, their nonprofit status so they can become sponsors for some of these people? Hey, bring these people in from uh, the southern border, you know, from the Republic of Congo or... Uh, or uh, from all these other countries that people are coming from, El Salvador, MS-13 people, or uh, these uh, 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 Afghanistan people that just got flown in unvetted, and we'll sponsor them to help them uh, assimilate to our society. We'll be the good, and, and we'll collect government, government money for that to help these people uh, uh, assimilate. And we'll just we'll take government tax money, and we'll do this, and we'll, and we'll just bring all these people in and train them to be terrorists. I don't know. I just can't see Trump being okay with this if he was president. And I don't think, and I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's too far fetched to believe this is happening. So anyway, think about that. Let's go on to Biden's economy. Uh, after an undeserved October recess, Congress is back in session and there's immense pressure to pass Biden's $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill and the $3.5 billion Build Back Better plan, or both. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin is still the villain to progressives like Bernie Sanders and the squad because he objects to the climate agenda portion of the Build Back Better plan since it will effectively kill the coal industry in his state. Uh, like Biden's laws effectively have killed lots of other uh, industries all around the, all around the country already. Congressional sources say the aides are scrambling to rewrite the clean energy program of the bill to mansion satisfaction without abandoning all the left's climate agenda. And I'll just let me just put this in here. I don't know how many of you listen, pay attention to the to the news on there, but we realize that China just fired off a a what do they call it a hypersonic missile, a missile that can orbit the world at five times the speed of sound, and drop nukes, and our government has said that we don't have the ability to shoot anything down that fast. And we're worried about climate change. As I've said many times, our government has, has two responsibilities in my eyes. And I don't think anybody would disagree with this to protect us from foreign enemies and to enforce the laws of this country so that we citizens can live a peaceful, peaceful life a peaceful life and, and pursue our, uh, pursue our own happiness. 
So China, from what from what I'm listening to, China has this this uh, hypersonic missile now, and they just te- test fired it this week, and they think that Russia has it as well. Do we have it? Apparently not. They think we can get to it fairly quick if we focus on that. But peace through strength. Why are these other countries building this stuff? Well, they're building it because peace through strength. They know that they want to be strong. And why are they firing it off now? Because they sense weakness in the United States. Because we are weak. Because we have we have Joe Biden in the White House. And we got Kamala Harris to, to step up when, when Joe Biden finally gets kicked out. And behind him is Nancy Pelosi. He knows we're weak. Does that make you feel proud to be an American? It doesn't me. It uh, it's it's scary. Meanwhile, Biden's mainstream media allies are seeing what's happening with his poll numbers, a 37, a 37% approval rating, according to this week's Quin- Quinnipiac poll. In an effort to help Biden out of his uh, uh, public relations nightmare, NBC's Chuck Todd was about to lose it on this week's Meet the Press. President Biden has to get more involved. The only one that's made any progress is the bipartisan infrastructure deal. Why did that make progress? Well, the, the White House ran the negotiations here. At the end of the day, the power of the presidency is your leader of the party, and you're also a convening entity. Get Manchin, Sanders in a room. The burden's on the White House. They've got to take control of this. Yeah, get Manchin and Sanders in a room so we could solve the problems. Come on, man. I got a better idea. Why don't we get Manchin and uh, Kirsten Cinema in a room with the Republicans and convince them to change parties? And all of a sudden, we take over the Senate. That would be a that would be a, a smart answer for the Republicans to uh, consider, but I don't know what the Republicans are doing. So anyway, uh, we still have plenty of supply chain crisis happening now. New reports that retailers are ordering too much product as preventive measure to avoid running out of consumers feeling the impact. But uh, you know that that's that's what they're blaming on. But but Jen Psaki has no sympathy for it. In Tuesday's press briefing, Biden's press secretary mocked this question from the New York Times. Just a question on the timing uh, on the supply chain issue, yeah. um, actions that the president has taken. It, it was clear in March of 2020 when COVID hit that, that the supply chains across the world had been disrupted, even as, as the sort of work to fight back against COVID proceeded. People, it was, it was crystal clear that things were not improving on supply chain. People couldn't get dishwashers and, and furniture and treadmills delivered on time, not to mention all sorts of other things. So so why the is tragedy it? of the short the treadmill that's delayed? Right, the treadmill right, problem. But but but, but serious, the serious point is why didn't the president act sooner in a more aggressive way? Yeah, a real president would figure out why we have to buy all this stuff from overseas and start stimulating the economy, creating a, some stimulus for people to build them here. In an effort to change the headlines on Wednesday, Biden went to the friendliest territory of all, his hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania. Speaking at a railway museum, Biden did what Biden does, ramble incoherently about his past as a desperate attempt to relate to average Americans. Uh, You know, we, uh, it's interesting. I grew up not very far from Bobby, where, excuse me, the senator. We went to the the same schools, uh, the same parish, uh, just a few years apart. And Scranton is where I played shortstop at the Grimmies Little League in the first year that it, it was put up. My dad helped build the field down there. And spent a lot of time at at Simmy's uh, buying penny candy, 
and Hank's Hoagies on Woodlawn Street, uh, watching movies of the Ruzi on, on the weekend and trying to reenact all they did and uh, when you watch those movies. I commuted every single day for 36 years as pres vice president of the United States after my wife and daughter were killed. I went home to see my family, never stopped going doing that. And when they just had announced that I had flown uh, one million some X number of miles on Air Force aircraft. And Ange comes up, and I'm getting in the car, and he goes, Joey, baby, what are you doing? And I thought the Secret Service was going to shoot him. I said, no, 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 he's good, he's good. It's a true story. And he said, I just read, big deal, big deal, whatever it was, a million, 200,000 miles, Air Force. You know how many miles you did Amtrak? And I said, no, Ange, I don't have any idea, pal. You averaged 100, I think it says 21 days a year. 121 days a year, 36 years, plus as vice president, boom, boom. You have traveled over 2 million miles, Joe. I don't hear any more about the Air Force. <laughs> but in the Build Back Better plan, I got more money for passenger rail than the entire Amtrak system cost to begin with. We're going to change the nation in a big way. What the hell did that have to do with anything? No, that's our president. Hey, I'm all out of time for uh, part one of the main event, so stay tuned for five minutes traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and I got a great guest you're going to love in part two. Don't go away. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with Planet Home Lending. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and finance on the, on the radio, because most of you, if you're not in the market, uh, you might think it's boring, but... That's what I do all the rest of the time when I'm not on the radio. Uh, so anyway, if you if you want to get in touch with uh, me and you need uh, financing, whether that's refinancing something you own, uh, reverse mortgage, or uh, to buy a house that you'd like to own, whether it's in California or any of the 15 states I'm licensed in, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Planet Home Lending logo and uh, do the cyber thing. Hey, uh, don't forget, uh, if you uh, want to get my book, Experience Matters, here's mine. Uh, go, you can also do that on edhoffman.net. And if you'd like to uh, meet me in person and have me uh, sign your book when you buy it, uh, there's the event on November 7th uh, in uh, Long Beach at the Gas Lamp uh, featuring Katie Hopkins. I'll be there. Uh, and I'll be uh, have a, have a table with my books there. And uh, if you wanna, if you'd like to get a picture or uh, autograph on that, I'll be there as well. Go to Mala Comedy M A L A Comedy com to get tickets. I think they're about halfway sold out. So uh, don't wait till the day before. Hey, someone shared a video with me recently called Just. We played it on the show a few weeks ago, and people are still telling me how it moved them. Let's hear it again for those who missed it. Just. It's just a short shutdown. It's just 15 days to slow the spread. It's just social distancing. It's just six feet apart. It's just a temporary furlough. It's just working from home. It's just a few layoffs. It's just the non-essential. It's just temporarily closing your small business. It's just closing down your church. It's just cashless payments. It's just to protect yourself. It's just to protect others. It's just online learning for a semester. It's just online learning for two semesters. It's just mandatory so kids can go back to school. It's just virtual graduations. It's just one lonely Thanksgiving. It's just one lonely Christmas. It's just one lonely Easter. It's just one lonely birthday. It's just canceling one baby shower. 
It's just one wedding you'll have to miss. It's just not seeing your grandparents this year. It's just not being able to lay them to rest. It's just a piece of cloth. It's just a face shield. It's just something medical workers should wear. It's just one thing to cover your face. It's just two things to cover your face. It's just so you can get on an airplane. It's just something you have to wear all the time. It's just one stimulus check. It's just two stimulus checks. It's just three stimulus checks. It's just an eviction moratorium. It's just another trillion dollars of your tax money. It's just unemployment benefits. It's just so you can keep staying at home. It's just one injection. It's just two injections. It's just a few bad reactions. It's just a few side effects. It's just a booster. It's just updated guidance. It's just until we get the new variant under control. It's just a little card. It's just another mandate. It's just another lockdown. It's just a face scan. It's just a curfew. It's just a safety measure. It's just a microchip. It's just so everyone can prove they've gotten it. It's just door-to-door -door enforcement. It's just separating those who chose not to get it. It's just removing them from society altogether. It's just a fact check. It's just to fight fake news. It's just silencing those conservatives. It's just deplatforming the president. It's just deplatforming his supporters. It's just silencing those who question the narrative. It's just giving up a few of your freedoms. It's just so you can have a bank account. It's just so you can have a job. It's just so you can enter the store. It's just so you can provide for your family. It's just so we don't take your kids away from you. It's just so we can contact trace. It's just so we can track your movements. It's just so you can exist. It's just so we can get back to normal. It's just so we can get back to normal. It's just so we can get back to normal. Just stop. The word just has become the most dangerous word in history because they just wanted to see what you would tolerate. But the word just can also end this nightmare. Because if you just open your eyes, if you just realize where this is going, if you just refuse to comply, if you just refuse to conform, if you just refuse to submit, if you just stand up for your rights, if you just organize and push back, if you just stop patronizing those who despise you, if you just demand to be free, if you just realize your own power, if you just realize we have strength in numbers, if you just realize that we are the majority, their power will just disappear. We have a special guest this week, the man who made this video and many others, Damani Felder. Damani, welcome to the main event. Thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. All right. So uh, tell us about yourself. Uh, people have been asking, who is this guy? So where are you from? What do you do? Who is Damani Felder? <laughs> who is Damani Felder? What a question. Uh, you know, I'm just a regular patriot. That's how I just. like to define myself. There's nothing that I find particularly remarkable about what I do. I'm just an individual who has seen the status quo continue to evolve and who has decided to say that this cannot be allowed to happen unchecked. We all have a responsibility to preserve, protect, and defend the freedoms that we all enjoy. And when those freedoms are under attack, it is of paramount importance for individuals to rise up and make their voices heard. And that's what I decided to do with that video, with all the other videos I've created over the years. I uh, originally am from San Antonio, Texas. I was homeschooled. I'm the second oldest of nine children. And I've moved all around the world. And moving to Houston, where I live now, is actually my 22nd move. So once I got down to Houston, I decided to continue doing what I've been doing, because Houston is another Democrat-run city that has fallen into a largely state of a disrepair. And it's up to people like myself and other individuals to speak up when we see individuals who are not protecting or standing up for their constituents. So that's what I decided to do and what I continue to do with my platforms. God bless me thus far to have been able to really strike a nerve with individuals who need to consider different perspectives 
And that's something that I feel very proud of having accomplished so far. So that's a little bit about me. Like I said before, nothing remarkable, but I just do my best to present and defend the concept of liberty here in America. And it's something that we all should feel so similarly emboldened to engage. Well, you said just about six times in that in that uh, in that <laughs> in that uh, statement there, but you know I've watched some of your videos and you're a clear, clearly clear thinking, clear seeing person like myself, and uh, and I always advocate for people using their voice, and you know if 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 enough people actually sh- shared their voice and their opinions on this, maybe the maybe the next generation of uh, of Americans would uh, not be robots not be the walking dead uh that they are and just let the let the democrats take over this country and destroy it so uh, what made so i guess what made my next question was what made of it what motivated you to make this video specifically um you may have just said that but you have any comments on what what made you uh motivate you to make this just video Yeah, it really had to do with the concept of incrementalism and how insidious it really is when it's employed by individuals who do not have your best interests at heart. I remember vividly when all of this COVID-19 nonsense began to kick off. I remember hearing about the first round of regulations or mandates, if you will. At their face, at face value, they appeared to be nothing that would be too difficult to actually undertake as an individual. And I actually had multiple individuals back then say, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that hard to do. Just wear your mask when you're going out and about. And while that in and of itself was not the largest ask in the world, when I look back and when I've seen what they've done over the last 18 months at this point, I realized that these are essentially building blocks. There's different checkpoints you have to reach before you get to the point where we're at now in America. We have individuals who are losing their uh, employment because of their choice of what to do with their bodies. But you don't just get there overnight. You have to begin by starting with something small, something that individuals feel is not something that will encroach too much on their liberties or their freedoms. And in effect, it lulls individuals to sleep over time so that now we wake up in less than two years after this all started wondering what country we even live in anymore. We don't have the freedoms that we have anymore. So the impetus behind making that video was really trying to help individuals strip away all the noise from what's been going on these last almost two years and really understand how we progressed to this point in the first place and how tirelessly the left continues to do everything in their power to slowly peel back the onion, peel those layers away until we have nothing left Uh, as a country in the way of freedoms. And the fact that you have to make videos like that really just goes to show how much the average individual on the left has internalized that uh, those directives, internalized that tyranny, and they refuse to see what's actually been allowed to take place because of lack of action. We live in a time now where we need people to actually stand up and take action. That's really the reason why I made that video in the first place. Exactly. And, you know, uh, one of my employees sent me a, a text this morning. He said, isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how uh, they're demanding that people who actually work, people that are productive in society have to be forced to have the mandate, but they haven't said that you need that you need to prove your vaccination in order to get food stamps or welfare or EBT cards or any, any of the government assistance. We're not requiring that only for the productive people. Yep. It's just another layer 
uh, or a new rebranding, if you will, of segregation. But it's very targeted segregation because there's individuals from all walks of life and who are of all colors who have chosen not to submit to this government or medical tyranny. And they are effectively being ostracized from polite society because of that decision. Exactly. And it's very interesting how those are the individuals who are the backbone of what makes this country run. What I find very interesting is that so many individuals on the left, they feel as if they could just do everything themselves, which is really laughable when you think about it, because many of those individuals are the same ones who are asking for stimulus checks, who want to stay home, who do not want to actually take many of the jobs that individuals who are losing their jobs now actually work today. So that begs the question, This is, is this something that is self-sustaining long-term? Absolutely not. And it's going to lead to a world where everyone is dependent upon a singular government entity in order to provide their basic needs. And you know what? That sounds a whole lot like socialism to me. Exactly. And it's amazing that so many people are not noticing like you and I do that these, you know, that we're the, we're the frog in the pot of water just with the heat, with the, with the water just slowly heating up and we won't notice until we're boiling, boiling to death. Um, that oh, they just, they just one step at a time took away our, our entire, our entire country. Um, so you're, you're making these videos and putting them on Facebook. Uh, I know I've been to Facebook jail a couple times. Uh, have you ever been in Facebook jail? Oh, many times. I am a repeat offender. <laughs> uh, what's actually really interesting about that video is that that just video was originally made for TikTok. And even though many people are aware of what TikTok is up to and their chicanery and subversion, but I have found a unique opportunity in TikTok to reach a demographic of individuals who need to also be engaged, need to also think critically. That being young people, young adults or adolescents. So I posted that video on TikTok first, and it was actually performing very well. It had received over 100,000 views. And then I woke up the next day, and TikTok had chosen to remove that video for violating their community guidelines, which we all know now just means the truth. The truth is a violation of community guidelines. But what's funny is the real ripple effect and the real impact of that video really showed in the long term because only in those first few days that video was on TikTok, it had already begun to be reshared to other platforms, which is what led to it also being on Facebook, led to it being dubbed in different languages. So the message is already out there. So yes, I have been to tick to uh, Instagram and Facebook jail and TikTok jail and all of that. And it doesn't really affect me anymore because my main goal is to get the message out and then just hope that the right people see it and share that message and post that message themselves. And if they do that themselves, then they can't ban and deplatform all of us. So I do this just to, I don't want to think of myself as some sort of sacrificial lamb, but the beauty of it is if I ever am deplatformed one day or thrown back in Facebook jail, the message is out there, the message is still spreading, and the message is still impacting people and hopefully changing minds. Exactly. It's uh, It's... Not all the good ideas come from the the White House. Not all the good ideas come from uh, Congress, or you know that it's it's the individuals out there. You know, the, like Steve Jobs says, the guys that are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that do. Uh, so uh, a lot of us are starting to notice more people on the left purposely egging on fights on social media. Do you have a theory on uh, why they're doing it? Is it a is it an organized effort? It's a classic divide and conquer strategy. The left realizes that as long as individuals 
are obsessed with fighting with each other, they can never actually coalesce and identify and exterminate a common enemy. And they've employed this tactic so well over this last better part of a decade at this point by delineating on the basis of race, delineating on the basis of religion, delineating on the basis of political affiliation. And to contrast that with the right, most individuals on the right, we understand others are going to have different points of view, and we do not actually try to foist our points of view aggressively on other individuals. But therein lies the difference between the left and the right, because the left are those who will do everything in their power to force you to capitulate and to bend to their will. And that's really what the difference is when you boil it all down, is the fact that the left wants you to comply with something you don't agree with to make it so you don't have a choice whatsoever. Uh, so that's really what, what I've seen of late with all this egging on, all this constant fighting, all this constant attacking of anyone who dares disagree with whatever the leftist dogma is. And that begs the question, do we really live in a free country anymore? If you have one political side that is so obsessed with that abject totalitarian control and policing of free speech, the individuals aren't allowed to have their own thoughts anymore. The beautiful thing about America is that we're supposed to be a country where the exchange of ideas is encouraged. We're supposed to be an experiment in freedom compared to many other countries and many other dynasties uh, throughout history. And we've seen that more or less eradicated over the last several years because of the left's insatiable desire to thoroughly and completely control what individuals are allowed to say, what they're allowed to think, and what they're allowed to do. Exactly, and all the way to the schools, and and uh, and it's it's ama- it's amazing to me to to watch this happen, and watch how many people just don't get it, and they don't see it, and they don't they're not they're not angry about it, and um, it makes my blood boil, and I'm I'm constantly I'm constantly trying to trying to bring it to people's attention. Let's talk about some news some news here because it's right right in line with what we're talking about, uh, controlling what people are are being taught and uh, what they're allowed to know and what they're allowed to say, you know, free speech is being challenged. Um, Thursday, we saw attorney general Merrick Garland dodge this question from, uh, you know, they're from dodge many questions, but uh, this one specifically from Louisiana's Mike Johnson on the conflict of interest he's creating by punishing parents who vocally object to the critical race theory in their kids' schools. Garland's son-in-law has a financial stake in a critical race theory. Uh, Let's hear Mike Johnson, ask him about it, and see how he reacts. It also concerns us that your actions may have been motivated by your family's financial stake in this issue. Published reports show that your son-in-law co-founded a company called Panorama Education. We now know that that company publishes and sells critical race theory and so-called anti-racism materials to schools across the country. And it works with school districts nationwide to obtain and analyze data on students, often without parental consent. On its website, the company brags that it's surveyed more than 13 million students in the U.S. It's raised $76 million from powerful investors, including people like Mark Zuckerberg. So to millions of Americans, I mean, my constituents, I was home all weekend, I got an earful about this. They're very concerned about that. Subpart E of that federal regulation says an employee of the executive branch is discouraged from encouraging con- engaging in conduct that's likely to affect the financial interest of someone close to them. Your, your son-in-law, your daughter, uh, clearly meets that definition. And, and so the question is, 
did, did you follow that regulation? Did you have the appropriate agency ethic official look into this? Did you seek guidance as the federal regulation requires? This memorandum is aimed at violence and threats of violence. I understand that, but no did, did you see, excuse me, did you seek ethics counsel before you issued a letter that directly relates to the financial interest of your family? Yes or no? This memorandum does not relate to the financial interests of anyone. This memorandum is aimed at violence and threats of violence. I understand your talking point. You're not answering my question, I'm Mr. Attorney General. With all due respect, will you submit to an ethics review of this matter, yes or no? There are no conflicts of interest that anyone could have. According to you, but sir, with due respect, that's the purpose of the federal regulation. We need objective third parties to review our activities. You don't get to make that decision yourself. It doesn't matter. You're the top, you're the chief law enforcement of this country. This raises questions in the minds of millions of Americans, and your impartiality is being called into question. Why would you not submit to a simple ethics review of that? Damani Felder, as a clear-thinking, intelligent person, how do you, how do you comment on that? It's all connected. That's the one thing that I've found the more I've done my research over the years is that it's all connected, but it's done so in a way where the average individual either does not have the intrinsic motivation to seek out that information or even worse, when you have the mainstream media actively suppressing information individuals need to know. It's so interesting how one-sided these investigations really have become in that we saw over the last five and even six years now, we've seen individuals call into question Trump's every possible tie, no matter how minuscule it may be, in order to paint a, a picture of misconduct. But whenever you have a clear case of possible financial reasons for individuals to continue to push things like critical race theory, which are inherently deleterious to the fabric of this country, it goes to show that their interest is not in enforcing the laws unilaterally. There's more or less a two-tiered justice system at this point where individuals on the left are allowed to get a free pass, are allowed to engage in all sorts of behavior that any thinking person, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, should identify and realize at face value and recognize as a clear conflict of interest and as indication of possible ulterior motives. But because individuals can't even find the information readily on the internet to actually do their due diligence and actually dive deep and understand who these people are connected to, then it becomes a situation where individuals are kept in the dark intentionally by the very same media entities in many cases and very same politicians who pride themselves on being ostensibly transparent, open, and honest, and I find it incredibly reprehensible. Exactly as uh, as is you know we uh, the Democrats impeached President Trump for asking about a crime uh, that that uh, Joe Biden and his son Hunter uh, admitted to on video, trying to make himself look big with the uh, with uh, the Ukraine and. Hey, you know what? You're not allowed to ask those kind of questions. That's a impeachable offense. But what about Hunter Biden? And hey, where he's taken a billion and a half dollars of our money to give to Ukraine in exchange for them filtering it back to Hunter and back into Joe Biden's. And nobody cares about that stuff. It's yeah. Nobody cares about Hunter Biden's uh, majestic artwork these days either. Now it's just it's just infuriating.
as it should be. And even individuals on the right, if we saw one of our own, the vast majority of us, if we saw one of our own engaging in similar behavior, we would call them out accordingly because we are not hypocritical or disingenuous. But individuals on the left, they will turn uh, away from the information. They will actively suppress that information and do everything they can to make it appear as if their own are above reproach. Exactly. Exactly. And it's uh, hey, we're about to run out of time. This was a this was a great interview. We could do this. We could do this three times over in in one uh, in one day. Um, but let's tell tell all my listeners where they can follow you, watch all your great content. Uh, you know, well, thanks so much for having me again. First and foremost, I appreciate it, and I don't consider myself anything special. I'm just a messenger. But for those who would like just. to follow my work, you can find me. On, <laughs> you're you're you can just find me on, on Facebook at Damani Bryant Felder. You can find me on Instagram. I recommend Instagram because Instagram has been hitting me hard lately. Instagram is at the Damani Felder. That's T-H-E-D-A-M-A-N-I. Um, on Twitter, also at the Damani Felder, T-H-E-D-A-N-A-N-I. I am on Rumble at the Wright Brothers, I-P-I-D. I'm on YouTube at the Wright Brothers. Oh, there's so many different sites out yeah, there. Well, I'm on TikTok as well at the Demoni Felder. If you look up my name, odds are you'll be able to find one. And when you find one, you find all. Exactly. And we'll post something on the main event Facebook page as well. So, uh, Demoni, uh, thanks for coming on our show. Uh, we'll have you back again. And uh, maybe we put together a live event, uh, put two crazy right wing conservatives on the stage at the same time, uh, you and me. And I think we'll have a good audience. That sounds like a fantastic time. I look forward to it. Okay, thanks for thanks for uh, joining us on the main event. Yes, sir. God bless. Hey, that's all the time we have for this episode of the main event, folks. Thanks for listening. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I will be back again with you next week. <laughs>